Hey, this is Mike Missanelli, and you're listening to the Feed the Embiid, the number one Sixers podcast in America. Yeah, 2-1 on his jersey, playing like he's number one. Best big in the league, and it's no debate. Who's from the haters? Point him to the exit. I guess every franchise needs its process. Every franchise needs its own process. Coming down the lane, yeah. Watch your hair, yeah. We post a every game, yeah. Get your Kodak. Once he gets you under the basket, you better just pray. Hit you with the jab step, knock down, lock from Ben. Get out the way, and one. Let the fans know it. Yeah, homie, let the fans know it. Watch the trailer, the three is going in your eye. If you mess, you better get back. Cause if them bees, there won't be a putback. Keep all that trash out of the paint. Cause them bees will put it back in your face. He's a cold blooded killer, and he take no prisoners. Yeah, dump off from TJ. Call it the feed to him, bee. Good evening, everybody. This is the feed to him, I am your host, Austin Powell. And you're the guest. Today, WIP's very own Joe Gilio. Joe, how are you? Thank you for coming on. Yeah, I'm doing well. What's going on? Uh, not much. So obviously, the talk of the town the last couple of uh, the last couple of days has been our new right fielder. And I, at, you know, I, I was in class taking an exam. I, I think I told you this when when they when they signed him. What was your initial reaction when, when you first got the notification? What was your reaction? Uh, shocked. They really not shocked because we knew they were in the running and that was a sport. But just the way everything was trending, it was almost like just like a relief. Like, oh my God, it's over. Like, after all these months and for all of the talk and for all the rumors out there, and then the 24 hours leading up to it, it felt like the bleakest time of the entire offseason for the Phillies. Uh, and then it was just like, wow, it, they got him. Like, it, it was just a, kind of a surreal feeling to realize, number one, they got the player, and two, that it, it really completely would have been a great offseason for them. And it really, it, it, in the moment, you realize their franchise just changed, and the outlook of the, the team changes uh, in a significant way. So there was a lot going on at once, and I, I think, like everybody else, was just excited. Yeah, I, I, I found it hard to focus. After I figured it out, I'm like driving home and I'm trying to like not trying to avoid cars and not run red lights while while I think they can't. You know, it's it's hard to process at first. You know? Yeah, especially just because of what we were hearing. You know, the facilities were in so many words telling people that were covering the team that they didn't feel good about this. Yeah, it's not happening. And we kind of the Giants had made a pretty substantial offer, and you know, we didn't know at that point what Mike Harper wanted, what he really valued, that way we've been told now a million times to be five. So the idea of going to the Dodgers for a, a lot of money for a season on a short deal, and that we saw after. I mean, it was hard to imagine any player coming down $150 million over whatever amount of years, but it was a viable thing that we all had in the back of our minds. So you add all that together, it was hard to process. And then I started to wonder immediately how much, how many years, where's the outside, all those questions.
our athletes will endorse our city because we're more of a, of a second market compared to the New Yorks and the LAs. So it feels like now that we have one, we can get more. Yeah, I agree. I mean, it, 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 that, you know, it also solidifies to me uh, that one pack, and I'm always been a fan of But this was the one thing I went to share with you, too. He could close this deal. He had, you know, there's that line between emotion and intelligence, I guess, in negotiations, or, or being prudent and being smart about it. And I always wondered with him if, if he just was, like with Daniel Shadow, have a walk away point, have a moment where he just said, this is too much. And nine times out of ten, that's usually the right way to be a GM. I thought this was the exception to just everything else. So it's sort of like Clint Beckley, it's sort of like his offseason. It really put a punch on Middleton as an owner because so far, I mean, this, this was the one thing that he had control over, that he could offer more than anyone, and he could, in a way, make the Phillies that, that destination that you just get there because almost every time, and Clint said this earlier in the offseason, almost every time the free agent takes the top dollar. So if the Phillies were really serious about this, then it would take the top dollar. And, and John Middleton wants to play to make sure that the Phillies didn't get left here still in February City because he offered the most money. Yeah. I think you're absolutely right. Uh, and moving on to the other team that's presently active in the city, uh, the Sixers are fresh off of a of, of a monumental win against the the, the Pacers on Sunday, and coming off of a two-game losing streak in which the entire city sort of fell apart on top of the Sixers, um, and that's sort of been the term of the city the entire year. They win three or four good games in a row, and they lose one or two, and, it, and everyone calls in the question uh, the entire team again. But, um, you know, that, now they're in the home stretch of, of the last 15 games of the season. The game up on the third, the game up was, was a three seed on, on the Celtics. Um, where, where do you see the, the, the three or the, the four main contenders of these? Where do you rank them in terms of Milwaukee, uh, Toronto, Philadelphia, and Boston? I would go Milwaukee, even though I don't question about them. They, they remind me a little bit of LeBron's teams when he was young in Cleveland with Giannis playing the role of LeBron, where there's really no second player. I mean, there's some good players yeah. in but there's not anybody who's a small he's a secondary star. It's more Giannis carrying through some pretty good players. Yeah, you can't ignore the season they've had. They're going to have full court advantage. They have done it. So that's like when the Cavs had they got LeBron. But put them at the top. The Raptors, too, because of, of Kawhi, because of their experience, even though they struggle in the postseason, they have a lot of postseason experience. But I think that gives them, eventually, you feel like it's going to turn the corner. They're not going to struggle as much in the postseason. And usually, it's LeBron after that anyway. Um, the Sixers should be three. And if they can avoid playing the Celtics, I like them as the third best team to eat. The problem is if they fall back playing the Celtics, I don't think they'll beat the Celtics. It's an awful matchup for them. They don't play their best against that team. And for whatever reason, whether it be Al Horford, whether it be the style of the two teams, it's all of these doesn't play well against the Celtics. So in a vacuum, I go Milwaukee, Toronto, Sixers, and Celtics, but that's with the caveat if the Celtics match up with the Sixers. I don't, I don't think the Sixers are going to beat them. Yeah, I, 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 I tend to agree with you with that. Um, so... And as Sting currently sit as a three seed, they would play one of Detroit or Brooklyn in the first round, and they play, I think, play Toronto. How far do you think that they can get with, with the team that's currently constructed? That feels like an appropriate way to end um, 
you know, playing Toronto in the second round, Toronto would have home court advantage. And I think the Sixers have a real chance in the series, but I do think that we call it short that series uh, against Toronto. But that's the chance in the first round. They avoid Boston. And I think I actually see it being like Miami last year, where Brooklyn or, you know, the Pistons, whoever it is, the three six spot. You know, they just kind of toy with that team and stop away in five or six games. It's not, it's not really a, a sweat for us. But the second, you know, once they get to the second round, whoever it is, whether it's Milwaukee, whether it's Toronto, that's when the real test will start. And it's like, turned into so much overall talent because they have the talent. Yeah. You know, they're all together, the five of them under the 35. They have it. It's, it's continuity. You know, they're trying to play much together. And if Joel and Dean continues to need to rest days leading into the playoffs, uh, you know, we could probably count on I mean, how many games are they going to have to fight they're going to have together playing before the playoffs? Maybe 15 total games? There's just still like a lot to add a group that's played less than 20 games together by the time we get to the playoffs to just realize series after series with, with winning games. So I give them a real shot against Toronto, but I think the second round is probably one of the big games. Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. So then, do you? What are you doing with Brett Brown? I want to keep Brett Brown. I want to give him one more year. Um, I, I have started to have some questions, and really, it's the same questions other people have. It's just taking me longer to it. Maybe a fit or college. The late game stuff. Um, the way this team plays, game, some of it is out of hand. The players he has, you know, Ben Simmons, and his shortcomings in, in a half court game. Some of it has been, again, a lack of continuity. But it feels like throughout every stretch in the last few years, we can make some sort of excuse for why they, they have issues late in the game. And the one thing that hit me when I was watching the Bulls weeks ago, the Bulls big game, the Bulls game, is, you know, we were getting mad at a guy like Mike Scott. We were getting mad at the bench or a switch that didn't work. And you start thinking about the roster and what it is, it's changed over so much in the last year, in the last six months. The only common denominator on the floor or the part of the team in the last two minutes of every game over the last two years is is Brett Brown. So I have my concerns there with with Brett late in games. And for whatever reason, the team doesn't play its best. It's not only him, but it's just it's almost sort of the Andy Reid feeling where it's like like something's going to go wrong, even though I think Andy's a very good coach, uh, obviously, in the NFL. And uh, I think he's a good coach. I don't want to fire him. Regardless of what happens this season, but I do think the pressure starts to build as they go into next season. Uh, assuming they don't win a title this year, right? So, and looking ahead, let's assume that they get knocked off, or not get knocked off, but they, they conk out in the um, in, in the second round. You had to have decisions to make with Tobias Harris, Jimmy Butler, and JJ Redick. Are you well, which ones? What which of those three players are you keeping back? Are you, are you bringing back? And there's no, you know, I'm not saying one of three or two. I'm saying, you know, you have a choice of anyone, any, of the, any of the ones you want. Well, I want to bring Tobias back. I'm a big Tobias fan, and I think his age, his, his skill set, how he messes with this team, I think he's a good spy. I find I, Tobias Harris, and it's going to cost a ton of money and probably a bigger shot because a lot of fans, you probably didn't watch him much over the last seven years. He's not drafting NBA, but he's a legitimate. You know, borderline all-star player now, and he fits in with this group. I want to bring Tobias back. I don't want to bring Jimmy Butler back. And, you know, if there's Walker Craters, there's probably going to be a push 
hear from fans say, look, keep the band together. Let's try to go win it next year. I, I just hear about there's a bad buy, whether it is an act deal, which is just ridiculous, or even though it's slightly less than a match. He's going into his 30s next year. As we see throughout the pictures, he is deferring. It is extreme deferring because he's just, he's just engaged sometimes. Yeah. About the shot. I, I don't know what he's doing. Here's the real concern I have with him often. Defensively, he's nothing like he was yep. two years ago. He yep. was legitimately a top five defender in the NBA. If he was that still, I could justify, all right, you know, he's going to go from a 22 point score to 16, like whatever. It's not a big deal. We're going to go, yeah, I don't want to bring Butler back. I want to buy it. And I'll take running back for a year, though I think that we're starting to see some slippage for running that he's avoided for a long time. And, and I don't know if. If they can just keep rolling the bank every year, the Reddit's going to be able to hit 40% of the threes and they can cover up on defense. So, straight up back, but um, I am concerned that Reddit maybe hit the wall here. Yeah. I, I think that's perfectly viable, and you and you do still have some good money to spend. I I, I you know I think I have an emotional attachment to JJ, where I you know I want to see him back. But there's no denying the fact that number one, his shot has declined significantly this year, and then his defense has also regressed to the point where he's no longer just a zero, but he's a huge negative on defense. He is. It's funny the Pacers were attacking him earlier in that game. They were attacking well, but they knew he'd probably work. show host on WIP. When I, I listen to you guys every night. I call in almost every night. Um, I always find that you guys have a, have at least a handful of callers who tend to almost cross a line where they're either they're, they, they don't let you get a word in or they become sort of obnoxious. As a host, how do you handle that situation? Um, well, I think it depends on, on the subject of having a if it's one of those nights where everyone is kind of on edge, depending on the team or the player, then maybe it's more, more appropriate. And if it's the opposite kind of night where everyone's excited, then maybe it's not. So I, I'm kind of playing by ear, but this is usually the way I go about what I'm thinking about the caller talking 
I'm not even thinking about myself. I'm just trying to think about the person in their car and what they're thinking about. So I think it's entertaining and I think it's funny, even if I think it is ridiculous or it is over the top or I don't agree. I let that person go on because I think the person in the car is probably entertained or they're probably saying, this guy, this is ridiculous. I'm not going to call now and say this call is ridiculous. So I'm trying to always think about the audience and what they want, but you only get some of those and uh, it's always yeah, absolutely. Joe, where can the listeners find you? You can find me on Twitter at Joe Gillio Sports, G I D L I O, and uh, you can hear me six to ten days tonight. I'll be there. Awesome. Thanks so much, man. You got it, Austin. It's and so that was my conversation with Joe Gillio today. I apologize for the, the, the lack of clarity with the audio. I was driving home from class, and as you know, sometimes you have to uh, sort of make do with what you have, and in that moment, he didn't have a lot of time. I was driving home from an obligation, and so I pulled my computer out and, and did it via, via computer while um, on the phone with Joe, so I apologize for the, for, the, um, for the audio not being as clear as possible, but I think it was still hearable, and, and, and um, you know, you can still hear what was being said. Do you like shotgunning beer? Do you want to increase your shotgunning time at parties? Check out my boys at the King Cobra. The King Cobra is a shotgunning tool that makes the perfect shotgunning hole in under a second. It is also a tab puller, vent puncher, and all fits on a keychain. For more information about the King Cobra, check them out on Instagram at the King Cobra Co. That's the King. That's the King Cobra Co. And Cobra is still with the K. For a 10% discount on all Cobra products, enter the code TRUSTTHECOBRA10, all caps, all one word. Pick up yours today. The feed to Embiid and its name is protected by U.S. copyright laws. Reproduction and distribution without my written permission is prohibited. Copyright the feed to Embiid 2019. The Sixers play the Cavaliers tonight at home, looking to uh, take advantage of a Celtics loss last night and build up a game-and-a-half lead on them. Against the Cavaliers, it shouldn't be too hard. They just have to come out and execute, and we shall see how it goes. Um, they are 17.5-point favorites, and it is a home game, so I don't think they're going to have much of a problem tonight. And if they do, it'll be their own faults, as it, as, it, as it sometimes can be with those Sixers. We'll be right back here with post-game coverage following the game. Thank you for listening, everybody.